Blog Talk Radio. Y'all, I'm getting ready to put y'all up on something, man. Yo, when you see something ill, you know what I mean? That shit is woke. Anything ill you see is woke. Nigga have a big six at the curb, that's woke. Especially if he got the fully equipped kit on it, it's woke. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yo, I had this bad bitch of town, she was woke. Had me fucked up in the head, I mean. Bought the fish, diamonds, and pearls, I mean. Should have seen them shit shining on the wrist. Now money ain't a problem, see my dough is like. Pulled out my bankroll on y'all niggas like. Lost the boot shrimp from two tips like. Faggy wanna peep my blueprints, I'm like. Had to hit the brakes on y'all niggas like. Niggas getting both on my block like. Coming home within a half an hour like. Running like they had the manpower like. More or less. More so, I rip it so so, I live the fast life. Come through in the fall slow like whoa. My niggas, like dough, like dro, nitro, might flow, nice flow, like whoa. East pain with cocaine, like whoa. Now I'm Doc Strange in the range, like whoa. 100 miles an hour switching lanes, like whoa. Plus I'm getting brain from this chick, like whoa. Finger near nigga, asshole, like whoa. Team floor switches and bitches, like whoa. Nine nine tag been poop like whoa. Keep them cheese lines on your blocks like whoa. Grenade through your window, bitch like whoa. Love to see me do this shit like whoa. Niggas put me through this shit like whoa. So I'ma go toe to toe, blow for blow like whoa. And whip the torso, live the fast life. Come through in the ball slow like whoa. My niggas like dough, like throw, like throw, like throw, like throw, like whoa. We bag it, then flip it like ho. Cars we jack it, then strip it like ho. Fully equipped, it, front and back like ho. Sitting on fiends that come for crack like ho. Asking for shorts and shit, nigga, like ho. Half on this quote, now nigga, that's ho. Flow so properly, you'll see I'm woke. Ain't no stopping me, I'm deep like ho. Guns be popping, be retreat like ho. Hear my name in these streets, is like ho. Must I pound the concrete like whoa? Fill his bitch ass, head to feet like whoa. Your man ain't whoa. The judge ain't whoa. CO's ain't whoa. PO's ain't whoa. Play yourself, I get the D.I. Joe. D.I.C. K. Riders ain't whoa. I rip the torso, live the fast life. Come through in the post flow like whoa. My niggas, light go, light go, light go, light go, light go, light go. Niggas getting money in VA is woke. Honey's looking right in ATL is woke. Niggas flipping hoes in shot town is woke. Bitches taking tape in LA is woke. Niggas stacking dough in DC is woke. PRZ on hold me down like woke. Ballers in Detroit hold me down like woke. Niggas in New Orleans getting money is woke. Boston and Jersey motherfuckers is woke. Florida niggas and Philly niggas is woke. Tampa, Texas, Cleveland is woke. Memphis and Lil Rock, my niggas is woke. Panama niggas, they hold me down like woke. My New York people, they hold me down like woke. Bad boy nigga, what is bomb we woke. Alumni bitches, what is bomb we woke. And CSC, motherfuckers is woke. My nigga fuck out, what is bomb he woke. That's the top story go. Whoever I forgot on this shit is woke. Oh, 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what it is. It's your man, DJ Big Stu. We live from Harlem. Shout out to everybody on iHeart, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the, all the platforms we on, College Underground Radio. Shout out to everybody. I had to play that joint right there. I know it's a little wicked, but that's my man, Black Rob. I miss him so much. Rest in peace to my brother. I grew up with him. You know, that's my boy. I'm still, it's still hard for me to get over that my man's not here no more. But I had to play that woe joint. But we got a special, special guest in the building today for all you kids that, you know, next year y'all going to be going to college and getting everything together. We're going to talk to somebody that's going to help us prepare and get everything together. You know what I'm saying? But um, I want to make sure I say his name right because y'all know I pronounce names wrong. Mr. Risi Aresti, is I'm, is I'm saying it right? Yeah, that's right. Hey, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you here. Thank you. Um, now, I know you, um, but what I understand, you specialize in um, writing books on to help people pay less for college. Yes. Well, first, right. they have to get in. <laughs> okay. yeah, getting, yeah. Getting, mean, in is, getting in is the tough part. Mm-hmm. Paying so, is the easy part. Now, now, like, you know, like, being where I'm from Harlem, there's a lot of kids that have the education to get in and the things to get in. But what, what, what happens over here mainly is that they can't afford to get in. So can you explain, like, you know, some of the things that challenges, how they can face some of them challenges? Well, there's a lot of different strategies. There are special rules for divor- divorced or separated uh, parents. There are special rules for families that have a business and they have children that are 14 or older in addition to the kids that are going to be applying to college because wow. there, there are ways to save those families thousands of dollars in income taxes. Mm. There, there are legal strategies to save money that they never dreamed of. And, and the New York State school system, college, you know, colleges, are really not that expensive compared to some of the other schools. Obviously, we're not talking about Harvard or Stanford or NYU. I can remember when NYU went to 50000 a year, and that was over 10 years ago, and now it's about 80000 But that's the cost of attendance. That's not necessarily what a family is going to have to pay. It all depends on their financial fingerprint and their marital situation and whether or not they have a business and whether or not any of their their kids work in that business and whatever assets the students and the parents may have because there there are legal strategies to reposition assets and keep them out of the financial aid calculations. But like I said before, the most important thing is getting in mm. because the worst case scenario is they can borrow the money to send the kid to college, but you can't mm. borrow the money without putting it up to buy a car or a house or anything else. College is one of the few things you can do that, you know, go to college now and pay, pay for it later. Yeah. And there are, there are really interesting uh, strategies on payment because most families, they're, they're thinking that the, one of the parents will most likely, or both of the parents, will be the uh, financial parent in the loan process. Well, that's most likely. However, in many situations, grandparents who have some assets could be 
the borrower in the parent loan situation. And very mm. often, and I've had, I've had this happen to a number of my, uh, my students with their families, the grandparent actually took out, took out the parent loan, and the parents paid the interest, deducted it on their taxes, paid back the grandparent when the, when the student graduated, and then unfortunately the grandparent dies a few years later. Well, guess mm. what? It's forgiven. Mm. Wow. Mm, right. That, right. That's, that's deep. And a lot of people don't know that. I wish I would have known you when my son was going to Johnson and Wells eight, nine years ago. Cause we was, we was, we had a little financial struggle, but we got through it. But I wish I would have known some of the things that you're telling me now, you know, like how do parents, like, where do they go find this type of information at? Well, they go to my website and they send me an email. Okay. All right. And so then maybe pretty- they become a client. But I'm 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 very happy to give out free information to to put people on the right track if they if they don't choose to hire our services. Now you deal with parents I'm, all and, across and, excuse the United me, and I have a whopping amount of free information. Now, do you deal with um, parents all across America? Like you know, yes. Uh, is it I've, had, I've had parents on three continents. I've had families on three continents. Hmm. So now going overseas, like. You know the money. The money. The the money's like sometimes some money is American money is worth more and stuff like that. Does that have anything to do with like the the the, the, the you know the exchange? Do it has anything to do with when you start trying to go to a school overseas and and get um you know and try to get in financial aid over in a different country? Well, that that's a whole other ball game, and I'm not really an expert on uh, on that. I have have had a few families that went to McGill. Where the kids that went to McGill. In Canada, much easier situation. But I haven't had anybody go to Rhodes or Leeds or anywhere else in Europe because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a whole different ball game. And being a non-resident makes it that much more difficult. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are other programs that people aren't even aware of where if you're a resident of Connecticut and you apply to a school in Massachusetts as an out-of-state student, there's the New England Regional Student Program where you'll be able to pay the in-state tuition even though you're an out-of-state resident. And there are a number of schools in the New England program. There's the Midwest Student Exchange Program, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, Minnesota, etc. And then there's Southern Regional education brand, a board rather, that I'm, I'm part of because that's where I live, Alabama, Arkansas, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, etc. And then we have the Western Interstate Commission for Higher Education. And there are about 14 schools that uh, exchange uh, residences in that, in that area. So there, there are a lot of things that people need to know depending on where they're going to wind up going to college. But the most mm. important thing is getting in at planning. And I've, I've said this for decades, and I always tell families, plan your work, work your plan. Nobody plans to fail, but too many people fail to plan. Mm. And that's why I like to start working with kids who are just coming out of middle school before they even get into high school. 
because once they start, they're going to be the first one to stand up and say, I want to run for president of the freshman class instead of hiding behind some big kid. And then they schmooze with the uh, directors of the various programs in this school, science and language and math, to, to be able to set themselves up to get dynamite letters of recommendation when it comes time to apply to college. Mm. I get yeah. a student that's in the eighth or ninth grade, uh, and, and the, you know, we're, we're talking about good students. We're not talking about C students because they're, they're not going to be able to qualify for this. But these high-profile students, I've been able to get them on-campus interviews with chairman of departments in the 10th and 11th grade. And then when it comes time to apply, they've had this relationship built up over the past couple of years. It greases the skids when it comes time to admission, for admissions. Uh-oh. How, how um, do like I understand that sometimes when we accept the school financial, you know, initial financial aid offer, that that sometimes be a mistake. Can you explain that? Yes, absolutely. Well, let's look at it this way. When you go to buy a car, are you going to accept the first offer in no. the dealership? Yep. First mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's the same thing with the college. One of two mm-hmm. things happen. You're either going to pay that or less whatever they offer. And usually, if they can buy a student, uh, a, a, a good student, cheaper, they, they will not offer all the financial aid initially. Why should they? If somebody accepts, well, that's too bad. It's their fault. Nobody forces them to do that. But I've appealed financial aid offers for 35 years and gotten mm. families tens and tens of thousands of dollars more than they were previously offered. And it's all legal, moral, and ethical. And I've got a real high profile. I've been on the Internet for decades. Mm-hmm. My book has been out for 20 years. And if I was doing anything with families that had any hint of illegality, I would have been locked up a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So I have, a, I have a pristine reputation in the college admissions financial aid field. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I just happen to have more experience than most people and that's what now, it's all about now i'm gonna ask you a deeper question now being the put you know being the field that you're in have you ever had parents come to you and try to you know persuade you to you know what, what's been going on you know to pay to get in school like without having even really grades and all that stuff oh like they were doing in california absolutely yeah. not oh and and those people wound up some of them went to jail and that's where yeah. they should have stayed because because they, their sentences were too light and the fines they got were nothing because these were all millionaire families. Mm-hmm. It was all a bunch of I BS. Agree. I agree with you 100%. Because you know, and they, um, and they took somebody else's seat in that college. Mm. That's that's the sad thing. They bought yeah. a seat. Some some desiring student, regardless of where he was from, didn't get. Yeah, you're right. You you know, my little son, he's in middle, well, he's graduating, and, um, you know, he has a 98.7, and they basically say he can go to any high school he wants to, but we, we want to plan ahead, like what you're saying, college. Like, what should I start doing now with him? Send me an email, and I'll, I'll give you a, an idea of, of what needs to be done. All right. I'm definitely going to do fact, that. In fact, I have your email. Address. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll send you an email with some pointers. 
and then we can take it from there. Yeah, because I'm very. And then very I'll be more than happy to talk to your son and give him some ideas. And then one of two things will happen: you'll either hire me or you won't. It's that simple. Now let me. Now, now this is another thing. My son, even though he's very smart, but he actually is on the autistic spectrum. Is there any different thing for finances for kids that are smart, real smart, and on autistic spectrum? Uh, you know, there there are certain schools that will take that into more consideration than others, and it all depends on his whether it's Asperger's or or how severe it is. If it's if it's yeah. severe, then he's really going to have an issue. But if it's yeah. Asperger's and he can uh, deal with it up to a degree, it's a whole yeah. other ball game. And a lot of colleges will take that into consideration. He's, he's, he's what they call functional. Like, you know, he can, he can go to school and stuff like that, but it's more social than academic. His, his, his IQ is high. Oh, well, well, that's okay. He can be, he can be more standoffish than, than most. Mm-hmm. And, and that'll be much more acceptable than a kid who goes into his shell and closes his door and doesn't come out. Mm. Wow, that was really it, it all de- It all depends on what college will be able to do for him and what he will be able to do for the school because it's a two-way street. Mm, yeah. He might be able to he might be able to coach other kids that have disabilities. True indeed. I, I think he could do that too. Now how do we um like you specialize in preventing families from becoming a casualty of financial aid. Explain us of what becoming a casualty of financial aid is. Because a lot of parents, you know, especially in the inner cities, we just be so happy that our kids are getting to get out and do some of us or some of us that might not have went to college and just be happy to see that our kids is actually doing things we didn't do. So we don't know that type of stuff, you know, of becoming a a casualty of financial aid. Well, the, the truth of the matter is when I look at somebody's financial fingerprint before they even become a client, I tell them one of two things. I can either help them or I can help them because that's usually the truth. By doing asset repositioning, we can save families thousands of dollars. And if if they have more than one uh, home, if they've got another home and there's maybe two addresses, they don't have to be separated or divorced. But there's a situation where we have to be very careful where the husband could live in one building and the son could live with him if he was the lesser affluent parent or vice versa, if the mother was the lesser affluent parent. But in a divorce or a separation, it's very black and white because that, that's a real, a real situation. And if the parents live outside the school district, the student obviously couldn't be going to two schools. He can only go to the one school in that district. However, if the lesser affluent parent, well, let's say we're, we're talking about New York, and um, the lesser affluent parent lives in Ohio. Well, when the kid graduates high school, what's to prevent him from moving in with his lesser affluent parent in Ohio? The only thing he has to do or she has to do is get a driver's license in that state and a voting card because you can only vote in one district. That's more of a definitive thing, a voting card, than a driver's license because I came down to Florida with an Illinois life license, but I wasn't 
an, uh, a Florida resident yet. I was just here temporarily, and then I decided to stay. But the student can surely pick up and move in with the lesser affluent parent. I've had it happen all the time, and they wind up saving thousands or tens of thousands of dollars. If there's a business that one of the parents or both of the parents have, and they have some kids that are not in the uh, admissions process yet, and they're at least 14 years of old, of age, they can be put on the payroll and paid $12,000 tax-free. Mm. If the parent earns 1000 bucks, they're surely going to pay a few thousand dollars in tax. Yeah. But that's the zero tax bracket this year. It's $12,200. And if they're on the payroll for a few years, they'll be able to save thousands and thousands of dollars in income taxes. Guaranteed. There's no... Mm. Uh, the IRS has no rule on what a family can pay a child who works in their in the family business. They can pay them $20 an hour to empty garbage cans or clean <laughs> windows or answer the phone or send emails mm. as long as they own 50% or more of that business. Yeah, and a lot, of people, a lot of people have no idea what of what I just said. Or they've never heard it before. Yeah, like you're blowing my mind right now. As I, I, I done put three kids into college and I got one more. And I'm like, you blowing my mind right now. <laughs> I done made a doctor and it cost us, my, my youngest daughter, she just became a doctor. And yeah, she, you know how many years that becomes, you know what I mean? And, oh, and yeah, a long time. Yeah. yeah, but look at what yeah. she's going to earn. Yeah, yes. She'll earn millions exactly. of dollars over her lifetime. Yes. Yes. From all right. that sweat and, and, and hard work, right? Yeah. Deservedly so. That's exactly what she says, too. She says that, you know, she stays saying that. But I want to talk to you about something that I learned through you about how qualified students can actually attend some expensive private schools for less than what they pay to go to a state school. Because private schools can give away more aid than state colleges. State colleges are restricted on how much they're able to offer. Private schools, the sky's the limit. If the student plays their cards right and they get these scholarships and grants, the family could, could have a $300,000 income and the student could go to school for nothing because that's called merit aid. It's not need-based aid. They're, they're, they, a family can only qualify legally for X amount of need-based financial aid. However, there's no limit on how much merit aid a student can get. Big difference. Mm-hmm. Sure. Now, like, if now for my listeners right now, first of all, before we can get to that, I want to know how did you even start it? Like, how did you get into all this? Where did it start? I'll tell you exactly. February of 1979, I've been in the insurance business for over 40 years, and I was living in Chicago, and a friend of mine had referred me to, to someone in uh, his temple, and she was a she was a uh, a divorcee, and I went over to her to her house to review her insurance and her IRA and her investments and whether or not she had a living trust, and we went through a whole bunch of things, and uh, she says, you know, uh, l- let me ask you a question. Um, my father just died and left my son $40,000, and he was in the 10th grade. 
and left my son forty thousand dollars. Is it, is that going to hurt him when he goes to college? And I said, well, I don't know, but when I come back, I'll have some answers for you. I did a little research, and when I came back the following week, I said, I have great news. Now listen to this. I told her the kid had forty thousand dollars, okay, and I told her. I'm going to be able to save you $56,000 in financial aid because in 1979, the assessment on student assets was 35% a year, 140% of the principal, $56,000. We put the money into a tax-deferred annuity that was guaranteed, safe, insured, and it was going to grow because it was earning a modest amount of interest. I made a couple thousand dollar commission and saved that family tens of thousands of dollars in financial aid. And I said, boy, this, this is pretty easy. I should really consider doing more asset repositioning. And that's what I did for the next couple of years. And then I had an appointment with another friend of mine, with, with another friend of this friend of mine, and I'm sitting down at his dinner table, and you'll get a kick out of this. And he said this to me. He said, you know, one of my kids is adopted, but I can't remember which one. That was a hell of a thing to say. Mm. So anyway, he said, I know you know all about this asset repositioning with college, but first you have to get the kid in. What what can you do? I said, well, let me think about it. And when I, when I come back next week, I'll have some ideas for you. So I did some research, and when I came back, I said, I've got some great ideas on how to do as, uh, admissions planning and the first thing the student needs I said does, does your son have a resume he said yeah it's one page long I said well that, that's no good because if you could sum up his life on one page he hasn't had very many accomplishments think of that one mm. a one page resume is for a job not yeah. for college mm. I've also had a number of students who set up their own nonprofit organizations for community service and they accumulate thousands of hours of community service. You can't start in the 11th grade. You have to start in the 9th or the 10th. And a number of my students have had 11, 12, 13, 1400 hours of community service working in a, a temple or a church or a mosque or this or that or, or helping a blind person in the neighborhood or babysitting for somebody or whatever they might be doing. And I've had colleges offer some of these students scholarships for thousands of dollars based on the community service that they did for others. If you have a job, the money comes to you. Community service benefits others than yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that that's amazing. Now, where that for my listeners that's amazed right now, like I am, how can they um tell them how they can reach you, how they can get up with you? The like, best way is to go to my website, pay less for college. That's F O R, paylessforcollege dot com. Send me an email, and I'll be happy to answer all your questions. So what? So what's the average day for Mister Reese when you're not? helping millions of kids get into college? Well, my day, st well, today started at about uh, 20 after 5. And I'll be here 
I, I don't have any other appointments today. Um, or I, I also do webinars. And oh, anyone who contacts me, I will send them the link to my pre-recorded webinar. It's 38 minutes long, and it goes into a whole bunch of things that we're not going to talk about today, but in greater detail. And then, of course, if they want more information, I'll be more than happy to spend an hour with them and give them a, a free one-hour consultation, anybody who watches the webinar. But um, it's, it's very important to contact me and get some information that you're not aware of. I don't know everything, but I sure as hell know a lot after doing this for decades. Yeah. Well, I want to help people. Mm -hmm. And, of course, if somebody becomes a client, then I get paid. But I'm more than happy to give out a lot of free information and direct somebody who can't, either can't afford my services or, or chooses not to. Because that's their decision, not mine. Yeah, well, we want to thank you for enlightening us. You know, you really enlightened me today, and I definitely would like you to send me an email. You know, cause I, I I'm sure very will. Um, me, my wife is here listening with me right now, so we uh, we we definitely interested. And so, um, yeah, because like I said, like I was just telling you, I have a son going to high school. He's already like a filmmaker. He's winning film festivals oh, really? and stuff like that. Yeah, so he got a lot of things. We're actually going out to Las Vegas this this summer because he's in another film festival again. So, oh, really? Um, yeah. So I'm definitely interested, and once again, I really, really appreciate you because you, believe it or not, you don't know how many people that you are lightning in a special community right now. So be surprised. Don't be surprised if you get a lot of emails and calls to, to your business. Well, I sure hope so. And Kevin, it's, well, been, it's been a real pleasure talking to you, and I hope I enlightened your audience to some degree. Oh, you did. And once again, I thank you. And um, I'm going to keep in touch with you, and um, yeah, and um, keep doing what you're doing. Yes, thank you very much, and I will be in touch, and I know you'll be in touch. So have a blessed day. You too. Bye-bye. We're going to go out with a dope song from my man Carolina Kizzy, What Will I Do? Yeah. 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 Shit's so crazy, um, money. This um, entity, y'all making this all for mama, man. Now I got the... What will I do if I couldn't be your voice? What will I do if you gave me no choice? What will I do if I couldn't be your voice? What will I do if you gave me no choice?